0: it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not what. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Yeah. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dogster. Presented by BetMGM. <laughs>
1: good morning top of the hour here on the daily tip we've got a jam-packed hour of content don't know if you saw the news cycle yesterday but boy do we have a lot to dive into in this segment looking at the best options for the seattle seahawks after pete carroll steps down in seattle then it's 720 onto the nba the best bets In the association tonight, including the Nets and Cavaliers squaring off in Paris. How does that affect the spread? Then at 7.40, it's on to the show parlay, which my enthusiasm has been waning with every single parlay that we don't win. Like I keep trying to sell it to people, but yet again, last week, we Mm -hmm. did not win. And I will point at myself, I feel like I'm always one of the problems. I don't know what it is. Like, my best bets have been good, but my parlay bets have not been the best. So I do apologize to the team. I will take some of the blame at the post-game press conference. You know, I'll slide my Gatorade aside and take all of the questions and all of the heat. But before we get into Mm -hmm. the Seahawks coaching news, Mm -hmm. let's get into some suggestions that we have seen, you know, floating around the sports world that have been quite funny. And let's start with, what they are calling the Irrelevant Bowl. We all love bowl games and college football, and what is the qualifier? You have to win six games? Well, this one mm-hmm. is going the exact opposite direction. It is proposing that we pair up the two worst college football teams of the season and have the Irrelevant Bowl. Now, this comes from a guy that has spent a lot of time as a promoter. I didn't know there was a Hall of Fame for promoting, but Roy Engelbrecht... Uh, has that, you know, to his resume. I think he had a background in Mm -hmm. promoting fights. And I'll say this, it got to us, so clearly he's promoting it pretty well. But, of course, the NCAA. The no-fun police has said that Mm -hmm. this cannot be done. And I thought to myself, of course, the NCAA, unless they're making money, they don't want to do it. But, Jenks, would you be on board for the Irrelevant Bowl?
0: No. This is a terrible idea. There's already too many bowl games in college football. And I like bowl season. Okay, so I'm not going to be one of those guys that says less bowl games. I like bowl season. But the last thing we need is to reward terrible teams for being terrible. Not everyone gets a trophy. And also, this Roy Engelbrecht, this guy is a modern-day P.T. Barnum. Ye old huckster. I did some journalistic investigation. Who, P.T. Barnum?
1: Yeah, what am I missing? PT. PT
0: Barnum is the guy who created know. the circus from Barnum and Bailey.
1: Oh, remember Barnum and Bailey?
0: Yeah, it's PT Barnum. Oh, so
1: I didn't know that. Yeah, the more you know.
0: I don't buy this at all. So I looked into his his bio. Not PT Barnum, Roy Engelbrecht. So according to his bio, he was the brains behind the Laker Girls. He convinced actor Mark Harmon to buy a minor league baseball team in 1985, and he launched the Sportscaster Camps of America, which had more than 2,000 graduates over 20 years, many of whom went to work for major networks. So I said, really? Amazing. Well, let's break this down, Chelsea. So Engelbrecht did work as the director of promotions for the Lakers and Kings from 1975 to 1981, He helped develop the Laker girls, but they were commissioned by Jerry Buss in 1979. Mark Harmon did finance the move of the Class A California League San Bernardino Spirit from Ventura in 1987, but according to Harmon himself, that idea came from not Engelbrecht, it came from his friend and attorney, Barry Axelrod. and. I also did some research on the Sportscaster Camps of America. I can't find a single graduate who went to work for a major network, at least not anyone who lists themselves as a graduate of the Sportscaster Camp of America. So maybe, maybe some of this is true, but also if you dig deeper into some of the things that he puts on his resume, they don't all check out very cleanly. And that's why the NCAA, and that's why I will not get behind the Irrelevant Bowl.
1: Well, isn't this his line of work is promoting? Yes. So, like, he's just doing it a little too much. You know, he's promoting himself mm-hmm. off merit that maybe isn't there, but this is what salespeople do. And I will say yeah. we're talking about it. So, clearly, he is doing something right. And, Jenks, before we move on, there was one other mm-hmm. suggestion that I saw floating around yesterday that I thought was funny. Like, I don't think it's going to happen, obviously, but I thought it was funny. And I did laugh in my brain for a second. It said Nick Saban should do a version of the TV show Bar Rescue, where he goes to a college football program huh. each week, a struggling college football team, and tries to write the ship. And you film it for like SEC Network or something. I feel like I would watch that.
0: Oh, I would too. And you know where he needs to go? He needs to go to New England. He needs to go to New England and say this isn't working out because it isn't working out. And Chelsea, we do have some breaking news. Adam Schefter is tweeting that Bill Belichick and the Patriots are parting ways after 24 seasons together. So we wondered whether or not this was going to happen. It is now happening. And it looked maybe for a little bit, Like, Bill Belichick might stay in New England at least earlier in the week because he talked about maybe giving up some of his responsibility. But now, according to Adam Schefter, he is gone. So maybe Nick Saban walked in there yesterday after retirement and said, all right, that's it. I've seen enough. I'm walking away, Bill. It's time for you to walk away, too.
1: Well, does it say he's retiring? It doesn't, right? He's just fired. No. Correct? Correct. So it is wild to me that both of these coaches are going out at the same time. Like Bill Belichick, I bet he still coaches somewhere. Do you think he retires?
0: I don't know. I would say no. I I would. If I were Bill Belichick, I would walk away. (laughs) But then again, I'd retire tomorrow. If I had millions of dollars, (laughs) I would walk in. I would not give two weeks. I'd walk in. And I'd be like, "Welcome to the daily tip from Beck UL presented by Bad MGM." I am done, and I'd walk away, and there'd be awkward silence, and then Bill would have to come over. Our executive producer, Bill Rowland, he would have to sit in my chair quickly. You guys would scramble, and you'd hear me in the background going, <laughs> "That's what I always wanted to do," and walk off. But Bill Belichick's football guy, so he has not given any indication whatsoever. That he wants to walk away from the game now that he has time to maybe think about that. But I think personally, as someone who has lived a football life, as NFL Network always likes to put it, that show name to football life, we know that. I think he wants to break Don Chudo's all time career wins record. I think he wants that record to himself. And the only way to break that record, obviously, is to keep coaching. And frankly, with the way that the NFL recycles head coaches, particularly successful head coaches, it wouldn't surprise me, even if it's just to sell tickets for a couple seasons, that some franchise brings in Bill Belichick, but we will see.
1: Do we know how many games he needs to break that record? Don Mm. Chula record, let's look. Less
0: than 20. It's less than 20? Might even be like 16. I think Belichick has 301 all-time. I gotta look this up.
1: So that's like two she good at seasons.
0: Though. Oh, okay. So what is that? He would need three or four seasons easy to
1: yeah. maybe with break some that of these record? teams yeah. that are available.
0: So I don't know. Like if you go have to, to the keep Panthers, going
1: it's gonna take like twenty five years. <laughs> if he
0: goes to the Panthers, they will he will croak on the sidelines, and they will say he died doing what he loves. He wanted to break that record, and by God, he almost got it in Carolina. Yeah, do not go there.
1: But there are some interesting things that I feel like go along with this story, because no man is an island, and especially Bill Belichick, and especially mm-hmm. with all the rumors that we had been hearing about Mike Frabel, who just got fired from the Titans. Do you think that the Patriots waited until – Uh, the Titans fired Mike Rabel so they couldn't, you know, attempt to trade him or, you know, do something like that? Because it feels Mm -hmm. like the Titans were almost playing chicken here because I feel like the Patriots might want Mike Rabel and the Titans were probably waiting to say, okay, well, there needs to be, you know, a head coaching vacancy. There needs to be a head coaching vacancy. Let's see if the Patriots do it. And the Patriots like, no, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. Oh, you fired Mike Vrabel? Weird. We're going to fire Bill Belichick. Guess you can't trade him.
0: I think they got a gift. I don't know if the Patriots were waiting out the Titans, but I think the Titans, in their haste to make sure they got someone as soon as possible without trying to trade Mike Vrabel anywhere, who, again, is an asset and a proven head coach in the NFL, I think your Titans gave the Patriots a gift. Now, that is assuming that the Patriots will bring in Mike Vrabel, but why wouldn't they? I feel like it's a perfect fit. He clearly knows the organization. He has a history there, track record of success. You could do a lot worse than Mike Vrabel if you're an NFL franchise. That just seems like a perfect fit, doesn't it?
1: Let's look at the other side for just a second, because if you're Mike Vrabel and you look at the current state of the Patriots, I'm not sure if it's a super attractive job. Like, what do the Patriots have going for him? I will say, you know, from the top down, the organization seems very strong. But didn't they just get mad at Bill Belichick for having too much of a say in some of these player personnel decisions? And that was the whole problem for Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. So I feel like he'll probably want to go somewhere where Mm. he has some kind of say. Maybe he does more in New England, and maybe they'll say that to try to get him there. But, you know, the Patriots don't have a lot of talent right now. I will say they have a lot of cap space left for yeah. next season. I think they have the third most cap space of any team in the NFL going into next season. But is there any reason why Mike Fravel would not want to go to the Patriots?
0: I don't think so. Also, I do want to clarify this because I think it's important. Bill Belichick has 333 career wins. Don Shula has 347. So he's 14 away. You can get that in a couple of seasons. Just maybe if you go to the right organization, that's possible. It's right there for the taking. As for the Patriots, I I think that's one of those things where you have to look at the talent on hand, right? And you have to have some sort of commitment from the top. Now, the Patriots are a well-run organization. So I would imagine if we're projecting here or predicting what may happen, I would imagine Mike Vrabel would take a look at the roster and say, okay, What is the talent that I have on hand? Not a lot. A lot of that is on Bill Belichick, but also what sort of commitment is he willing to get from Robert Kraft to build the team in his image? And if he gets a five-year deal to do that, then sure, why not?
1: Let's challenge conventional wisdom for just a second. How much of the Patriots' success do you think hinge on Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? And do you think some of the credit was kind of thrown to the front office? Or do you think the front office deserves some credit too?
0: Absolutely. Whenever you look at great organizations or organizations that win Super Bowls, multiple Super Bowls, whether it's the Rooney family in the 70s, whether it's Robert Kraft, what he did with the Patriots, they are generally run very well from the top down. They have alignment. Everyone is on the same page, which is this is the team we're going to build. This is the culture we're going to create. And this is how we're going to win football games. The Ravens are another good example. The Ravens year in and year out. And I know it's easy to say now that one of the best teams in football, but there's a reason why a team that began in the 1990s is now Once again, competing for yet another Super Bowl because they have all been in a line. And look at the Commanders right here in D.C. It's changing now with Josh Harris. But how much dysfunction did we see year after year after year after year with Dan Snyder? It's not a coincidence that the Commanders have sucked during the past two decades. It's largely because of Dan Snyder. So when you hear... Hey, it starts at the top. It really does. You have to have everyone on the same page, as cliche as that sounds, and have a vision and have people who make smart, educated, patient football decisions. And if you have that, eventually the wins should come. But that's not a given. A lot of times in the NFL, you see a ton of dysfunction, or you have owners who want to make all of the decisions themselves, even... Even Jerry Jones has admitted over time that his ego sort of got in the way when the Cowboys were winning in the '90s, and he had everything he needed. But what happened? His ego got in the way. He decided he would make all of the decisions. Didn't work out for him.
1: For sure. I'm just saying, was there a ton of success in New England in the era that wasn't Bill Belichick and Tom Brady? Because I think that's the difference between like the Ravens and the Steelers. No. That's what I'm saying. Is no, like, do we need to look at this with a critical eye? Because with the Ravens and like the Steelers, they have gone through a litany of quarterbacks and they have been successful, you know, throughout all of them. So I don't know. Like somebody can definitely correct me. I need to look more into it. But just some food for thought on this Thursday morning. When we get back from the break, it's time to switch gears and handicap the NBA tonight, including including a game in Paris. How fun! Next on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM.
2: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back
1: on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM, <laughs> on the BetQL Network.
2: Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network.
1: Off and rolling. Hope your day is off to a great start. And if not, maybe we can get it pointing in the right direction here on The Daily Tip. In a few minutes, we'll break down the NBA slate, including a game in Paris. How much does a location change? affect the handicap and this is the thing about sports it's not just x's and o's there are other little factors that kind of weasel their way uh into the outcome of the game and Jenks, i was reading this article yesterday about Mm -hmm. the chiefs game and we all know it's going to be absolutely frigid in kansas city this week and apparently one of the tricks to staying warm in the stands is these fans bring these small squares of cardboard And they stand on them. And I was like Mm -hmm. trying to do the math in my head. I'm like, why would you do this? But apparently the concrete gets so cold that when you stand on it, if you have a layer of cardboard in between your feet and the concrete, it actually helps keep your feet warmer. I had never heard of this like cold weather hack before. Because, you know, granted, I've lived in the South my entire life. I've never lived somewhere that's like super cold but had you heard of this?
0: No, I've never heard of that at all. Although I I tend to be, I tend to not get too cold. I like cold weather. I'm one of the weirdos that enjoys the cold weather. Now, I don't want my feet to be cold. That's terrible. But cold weather doesn't bother me like it bothers a lot of people. But I've never heard that at all. I guess I got to try that and see if it actually works. Because you never know with some of these things. Sometimes you see things like this and you're like, oh, this is a great hack. It works well. And then sometimes you'll see something maybe trending on TikTok. You're like, oh, I tried this and it doesn't work at all.
1: Well, I don't know because I've never lived in these places. And I think there is a major difference between, you know, 29 degrees and negative five to where some of these things probably do matter. Because when I think of like dressing for the cold weather, I think. Oh, you know, wear a hat, wear warm socks. <laughs> but the Kansas City Star put all of these like tips for player or for people going to the game this weekend, and some of these kind of surprised me. Like, did you know mm-hmm. you're not supposed to wear cotton? Apparently, this is not like a great material what? to wear if you're trying to stay warm. It says doctors, say avoid cotton and layer wool or synthetic layers to provide optimum warmth. So I was like, I don't know what the Mm. knock on cotton is. Like, I'm sure there's some kind of science to it, um, but- Doctors prefer layered
0: rayon is what they perform or prefer instead. I, 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 I guess, I mean, I'm sure wool, I guess technically is better than cotton, but everybody has a billion like cotton items. So I don't know. Yes, I I guess technically that's probably correct, but I'm not all of a sudden going to avoid wearing cotton on cold days.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're going to go against doctors here on the show like Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, we'll look into it. Uh, The other one that was kind of surprising to me, it said lay off the alcohol. Even if it initially makes you feel warmer, drinking alcohol actually lowers the core temperature of your body. See, Mm. I didn't know this. I thought homeless people had it right all along
0: disagree
1: what are they doing
0: uh here's the thing are the doctors that are saying this are they drinkers because I like to have a good drink and I'm telling you when I'm cold and I got a nice a nice batch of booze ready to throw down my gullet I always feel better when I'm done get that burn in your system you're like oh I can feel the heat already generating inside my body I feel like that's a study that needs more studies to back it up
1: I would love to pay a doctor to go around to Buffalo Bills fans and try to convince them <laughs> of this. They'd probably put them through a table. Like, because Bills fans, I feel like they know what they're doing. They know how to like approach cold yeah. water. So I don't know. Uh, it definitely talked about like the battery operated warm articles of clothing. And Jenks, I will say, I bought mm-hmm. a heated blanket the other day. It's life changing. Do you have a heated really? blanket?
0: no I don't really is it on your bed or you just walk around the house covered like you're walking on the sidelines in Foxborough or something
1: well it has to be plugged in so it's not like very portable but when you're sitting on the couch and you have a warm blanket over you it feels amazing it's the equivalent of this is the only way I can put it is when you have like a cat that sits on your lap you know that like warm and cozy feeling that's what it feels like you should know you have a cat
0: i do here's what i would do i would buy a very long extension cord from amazon and i would attach it to your blanket and then i would wear that thing around the house and just annoy your entire family like everywhere that cord just dragging along the floor because you're not gonna leave that electric blanket
1: until somebody steps on the cord or you yes. catch the house on fire because i think that's the one knock on like electric blankets because I think they may be a fire hazard. But here on the show, we're not the best proponents of fire safety. I think we have advocated for keeping candles on. Now it's electric mm-hmm. blanket. So please uh, do not take our advice as medical or, you know, the best advice out there. But what about our advice on some of these NBA games? Because it kind of alluded to it. Uh, we have a game that's played overseas tonight. Nets and Cavaliers squaring off in Paris tonight. Cleveland, three and a half point favorites, total of 225 and a half. And Jenks, normally when you look at neutral site games or a game that has a lot of travel involved, I think my first instinct would be to look at the total, but I think it's probably built into the number because this is a relatively low total at 225 and a half. What is the first thing that crosses your mind when you see a game played at a neutral site?
0: Well, that is a good question. That is something that generally it's hard to handicap, right? I don't know how much a home court is worth in the NBA. I know in the NFL, a home field is generally worth three points. I don't think it matters so much in the NBA. I'm more interested in a side here. And I've seen this number go from two to three to three and a half in some spots in favor of the Cavaliers. I like Cleveland here. I'm going to take Cleveland on the money line. You can still find it below minus 150 at some spots. I know that they are banged up. Darius Garland is out. Evan Mobley is out. But Karis Levert has really stepped up in their absence. Cavs are also 12 and eight straight up when playing a quote unquote home game this season. But the real factor for me is that the Nets are 1-6 and six in their last seven. So I'm going to be on Cleveland here.
1: Yeah, the Nets have not been covering numbers as of late. They've been on a really terrible stretch in that they've only covered one number in their last eight games. Now you put them overseas on the road where they have not been great against the spread away so far this season, 7-11. I know it's not the same deal because they're not playing at another team home court. But still, maybe that's the only comparison you can make is looking at a team and how they play away from home. So let's look at the Cavs against the spread away this season, 8-7-1. At least it's a winning record. It's not something that I would completely base my handicap on, but clearly they still play decent away from home where they are 9-7 and straight up. So I'd be with you and that line movement, taking the Cavs minus three and a half. So uh, looking at some of these other games, I want to jump ahead to this Trailblazers and Thunder game. We know that I am a big fan of the Thunder, but the Thunder laying 13.5 points tonight off a back-to-back. Portland's really bad, though, and they have been in a tough situation where I don't think they've played a home game since December 29th. So is this too many points here, or are you trusting Oklahoma City to get it done in a big way playing at home?
0: Yeah, it's a big number, but you just got to keep laying it with Oklahoma City until proven otherwise. All the trends favor them in this spot. Now, they are 14-5 and against the number at home this season, second best in the NBA. The only maybe spot where you say, look, these guys are going to be tired. They played three games in four nights, so maybe that's the case for Portland. However, if you're looking at them in a spot like this with a rest disadvantage this season— They're five and one against the number. So it's huge. The Blazers, obviously a bad basketball team. It's not my favorite play on the board because it's such a large number, but I would still lay it with SGA and the Thunder.
1: I think so too. Uh, It's not, like you said, it's not my favorite and I don't love laying double digits for a team that's coming off a back to back, but still it is very hard to make a case for the Blazers in this situation. Let's go to the best game, at least from a watching perspective, on the slate tonight, and that would be the Bucs hosting the Celtics. We've got a five-and-a-half-point line here. Milwaukee, five-and-a-half-point favorites here. Total of 241-and-a-half. We know the Bucks have not been a great team defensively, but their offense is so good, sometimes it just does not matter. I was kind of surprised to see this line and see that the Bucs were that big of favorites. I know it's a road game. I know the Celtics, I believe, just played last night. They did. Uh, and we do have some injury names there where Damian Lillard is supposed to play in this game for the Bucks. He's been out, uh, but he's upgraded to probable here. So, Jenks, would you lay it with the Bucks at home here?
0: Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm, I, I don't want to play this game. I, I guess it's probably the best play because this number is so large and when it seems so obvious like this you're like oh six points with the Celtics but again you're talking about injuries still the reason I here I just don't like this game and the reason why is because we're seeing some money coming on the Celtics this number has popped back a half point in Boston's direction while the Bucks may have the advantage here they're also 0-5 in their last five games against the number and they're 1-4 overall in their last five so this is another game where okay I guess I guess I'll lean Bucks because of the injury disadvantage that Boston potentially has here, but I do think there are better games on the board.
1: I think so as well. Uh, I think I would lean towards Boston here, getting the points just because the defensive liability that Milwaukee has been. Don't think I trust him in this spot, but speaking of Boston, we should continue to mention that. The breaking news that we have had this morning regarding the Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick, well, now former head coach. He has been let go by the New England Patriots, of course, one of the best NFL coaches in our era. So it will be interesting to see what they do moving forward. But I did think that we should mention it yet again because somebody is driving in their car right now and saying, oh, my God, they're talking about the Celtics. They're talking about the Bucks, and they're not even mentioning Bill Belichick. Yes, another bombshell in a week that's been full of massive news drops. It just feels like one massive, you know, um, I didn't want to say truth bomb, but one massive news dump after another. This week has been something else.
0: Well, just think about the last 12 hours where you have right. arguably the greatest college football coach in history, call it quits, and you have arguably the greatest NFL head coach in history, also mutually part ways. There's no question that this was this was something that had been discussed, and Robert Kraft never gave us a definitive answer during the season. And Diana Russini, who does reporting for The Athletic, formerly of ESPN, says these were very respectful and professional negotiations, conversations, Both sides decided that it was best to go in different directions, and she's certainly right about that. That feels like the way this went down. And also, I think legacy is going to be something we're going to talk about quite a bit here over the next day or two because you're talking about a guy who, right now, all of these hot takes are going to come in, Chelsea, and say, oh, this is all Tom Brady. See, this is all Tom Brady. That's just not true. It's not true. Did Tom Brady have a great deal, a massive amount of influence on the success the Patriots have experienced over two decades? Absolutely. But all great coaches in the NFL who experience Super Bowl success have great quarterbacks if they win Super Bowl after Super Bowl or multiple world championships. Tom Brady did not play defense. Tom Brady did not build that roster. Bill Belichick did that. So while Tom Brady certainly had an amazing amount of influence on that success, I think we will look back and give Bill Belichick the credit he is due instead of hearing very quickly, oh, see, this is what happens without Brady. I just don't buy that at all.
1: Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I do either. Because you look at all the best coaches in NFL history, they've had good players. Boils down to that. You can coach them up as as much as you want, but if the personnel is not there at the end of the day the players still have to execute and you know what you can still have a good quarterback and not win games look at the chargers justin Herbert yeah. herbert's a good quarterback and yet how terrible were the chargers this year so you know it's not that easy if you just have a good quarterback so it was worth mentioning and the fact that pete carroll is kind of down in the order in the news cycle that's a big one too pete carroll's been an absolute fixture yeah. in seattle Uh, He was, um, I'm trying to phrase this the correct way. I think he stepped down. I'm not sure. I need to look this up because I don't have it in front of me right now. But, you know, bottom line, he is out in Seattle. It looks like he's going to be taking another job within the organization. But he's won a Super Bowl.
0: No question. There are very few head coaches. There's a handful of head coaches in the history of football who have won a national championship and a Super Mm -hmm. Bowl. Pete Carroll is on that very short list. He is at his head coach, but he will move into an advisory role with Seattle and says he's excited about that. But certainly 14 years in Seattle, one of the longest tenured head coaches in the National Football League. This cycle over the past 24, 36 hours has been pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, head is spinning. Well, we can't talk about anything New England related without bringing in Lucy Burge. An emergency session with Becky Wells, Lucy Burge coming your way next on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. It is a busy Thursday, clearly, as we have news bombshells breaking what feels like every few hours this week uh, here on The Daily Tip. So what we're going to do is an emergency session with Lucy Burge. If you don't know, or if you're new to the show, Lucy Burge is our resident New Englander who covers all things Patriots, Red Sox, you name it. So there she is, bright and early. We called, you answered, salute to you on that. So, Lucy, you see the Bill Belichick fired as head coach of the New England Patriots. I think we saw this coming, like we heard rumors, but how does it feel to actually see this news, you
2: know, in actual writing? Yes, well, good morning. I'm always here for you guys. Are you kidding? Um, this was news that I, I could picture the tweet throughout the week. I could picture it being they have... Uh, I thought it could possibly be mutually of parted ways. The tweet did not say that. It said the the Bill Belichick and the Patriots will be parting ways. Then come to find it is mutual. I guess they came to an agreement. I don't know how true that is because I think in, in Belichick's perfect world, he would still be with the Patriots. However, the deal is uh, Kraft and Belichick will be holding a joint press conference at noon Eastern today, which is surreal. The whole thing is surreal to think about the past quarter of a century with Belichick and Kraft and the Patriots, and I don't know the team without Bill Belichick. So it's strange. Seeing this news was surreal, and it was very, very much like, and I was standing in the same spot, the same damn spot in my kitchen where I was when the Brady news broke, where Brady left for Tampa. And that surreal feeling, seeing that in a tweet, is still surreal and to to see that belichick is no longer at this moment no longer the head coach of the new england patriots is very surreal and it was still knowing it kind of knowing it was coming still surreal to see
0: so lucy i'm curious about your personal experience here because You being younger, me being older, I remember the Victor Kayyem days when Victor Kayyem was, I believe, head of the Remington Shaving Company and the Patriots had one Super Bowl in 86 and played in a bad stadium. But the Patriots under Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are a completely different organization. So in your experience, you have experienced The best of the best, which I think is a credit to what Bill Belichick has been a part of when it comes to this franchise.
2: Exactly. I was not uh, as aware of the team when they duped uh, Hartford out of a stadium or or anything like that, like uh, Robert Kraft did. But no, this is all we knew here is winning. Winning was everything, and that was uh, what Bill Belichick brought to the table, of course, with Tom Brady, but that partnership is something that will, and Bill Belichick being an enormous part of that, will be in NFL history forever. He is one of the most historic figures and uh, crucial figures in NFL history, I would argue i believe i am back i don't know what happened unless you are sorry okay fantastic phenomenal um yes so i um the the history of the patriots i think bill belichick is is the crucial figure it's belichick and brady and that is the argument that has always been is it belichick or brady who was most um important to the success of the patriots i feel like brady is the answer after what we saw the past couple years but will we ever really be able to answer that question because Belichick with a good quarterback or, or Tom Brady without Belichick did win a Super Bowl. But uh, Belichick is, I, I say, build a statue as soon as possible of Belichick outside of Gillette Stadium in uh, an embrace with Tom Brady, perhaps, I think would be a, a good uh, way to send him off. So,
0: Lucy, right. I wanted to ask you about Adam Schefter, who is now tweeting that... Bill Belichick intends on coaching again. We were just mm-hmm. discussing 10 minutes ago. He, is he going to retire? Is he going to continue to chase Don Shula's all-time record? So now Adam Schefter's saying this guy wants to move on, and he will draw interest, I'm quoting Adam Schefter now, from the other seven NFL teams that currently have head coaching vacancies. So, since you know Bill Belichick as well as anyone having covered him, followed him, do you think he can be a success elsewhere?
2: I think he could be. I do not see him winning another Super Bowl, though. I don't see him going somewhere else and just winning a Super Bowl. And I I mean, unless he has a good quarterback, but I just don't see it. Mm -hmm. I saw odds at different sports books over the past few days for his next team. The Falcons are a, I think, surprise, surprising to me. Uh, on one of the front runners for this and more their odds were, were better than the commanders. So the Falcons, perhaps he could, I mean, if I, if I was an NFL team, I would want bill Belichick right now. I would take him as a head coach. Despite the past couple years, I would want the most his one of the most historic head coaches in NFL history to be my head coach. So I, the commanders could be uh, an interesting landing spot for him. The Falcons perhaps, and, and we saw some firings in the past couple days. That I don't know if that means anything, but Avrabel, I think is the one that means the most to this situation. But I think the Falcons or the Commanders. I don't know so much about the Chargers. I still feel like he wants to stay on this coast near Nantucket. I think Nantucket is a, a big thing for him because his boat is there, his whole beach lifestyle is there. But he is a beach guy, so the Chargers maybe in warmer climate but I think the Commanders of the Falcons would be reasonable landing spots for him, but I just don't see him winning another Super Bowl. Maybe he'll make the playoffs, but I don't see a Super Bowl for Bill Belichick.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the future of the Patriots without Bill Belichick. Do you think that the rumors that are swirling around Mike Frabel possibly being the next coach are true? Yeah. And if so, do you think he's a good fit to coach the Patriots?
2: I really think he would be a fantastic fit to coach the Patriots because he knows how to win in New England as a player. He knows the locker room. He knows what it takes. And I think he can connect with the players. He can relate a bit more to the players. So I also saw what his uh, relationship with Kraft is. is great, obviously, what we saw when he was the keeper of the lighthouse during a game this past season. And he said, we have to get a win here today. When speaking about the Patriots, while he was actively coaching another NFL team, the Titans um, were not so happy about that, reportedly. So I feel like it just all makes sense, is that he then leaves the Evers fired from the Titans. So then he joins the Patriots and becomes their head coach. Great relationship with Robert Kraft. I think the the players would be really happy with this. And I think it would be a phenomenal fit. And he is that firing was the moment where I finally stopped being sad about the prospect of Belichick being fired because I thought he'd be a great head coach. Bill Belichick kind of seems stale at this point compared to a coach like Vrabel, and that it's time that was what made me think okay that that piece could fall into place as Vrabel becomes the head coach and it's time for Belichick to go it's just time he's been here for so long the success is not coming and I think that's why I think he will be the next head coach Vrabel will be and uh, Belichick could go to another team I don't think Belichick will retire though
0: this is going to be fascinating theater because certainly Vrabel will be up there Adam Schefter is now reporting at linebackers coach Jared Mayo is among the favorites yes. so he will be in the mix as well Let me throw out a wild conspiracy theory to you because I feel like this will be right in your wheelhouse. The Raiders need a new head coach. Oh, oh. eight. Oh, yeah. From, Jinx, from this, week eight to the end of the season, they had the best defense in the National Football League. Tom Brady sells his minority interest. They need a quarterback. Adrian O'Connell has not proven himself yet. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick reunite in Las Vegas. What do you think?
2: This would be epic, Jenks. I love this. And I really, really want to uh, uh, put this into the universe so that it happens. Because <laughs> can you imagine? Also, you got Jimmy Garoppolo on that team. Oh I forgot. So you've got a mm-hmm. lot of pieces there. It will be New England of the of the West. I think that in Vegas, that would be absolute a, a show for everybody. I think that would be a phenomenal way for Belichick <laughs> to end his football career. They all retire together. Brady and Belichick hold hands, and they walk into the sunset, into into the Vegas desert, and they say, you know what? We are retiring, and the NFL will never see greatness like this again, and they just walk into a sunset, literally. I think that would be a phenomenal way for this story to end. (laughs) Oh, and clearly, (laughs) Las Vegas already bought something that New
1: England was selling in Josh McDaniels, You know, a former guy for New England who clearly was not fit to be a head coach. Um, but I think the crazy thing is there are a lot of jobs open right now. Yes. And I feel like Bill Belichick could probably fit into a lot of those. Do you think that his personal like feelings go into this at all? Cause it feels like he's going to have, you know, his pick of the litter. There are several jobs and not all of them are good. I don't think I could sell them on, you know, going to Carolina, but still, if he could choose, do you think there's something that stands out? Cause we haven't talked about the commanders yet and maybe it's not a good fit. You know, you can tell me all that, but I will say he does have some ties to that area. Of course, his yes. dad longtime scout for Navy. Do you think the commanders are the mix here?
2: That's the one that sticks out to me for Belichick is the commanders because he loves history. He loves, I mean, there's a lot of history there. Of course, the ties to that area. And that's the one that does stick out to me. And I think he will go ultimately wherever he feels like he has the best chance of winning, best chance of success, because that's what Brady did as well. Is Brady said, I went to the best place, but also the weather, of course, for him. But I think Belichick It will be a business decision, but he is kind of in a spot, though, where he has started to uh, reminisce about his dad and his past and, like, Lee Corso at College Mm -hmm. Game Day. He was so happy to see him. That's what I was like, oh, I hope Belichick stays because he was such a human being in those moments, and he was so happy to be there. And um, I also wouldn't rule out, though, a couple years with another team, maybe break Shula's record, and then go into TV. I think Belichick would be Mm. great as I think Belichick would be a better TV analyst than Tom Brady will be. And I think he does when he's talking about football and he's talking about the history of football, he is in his absolute element. So I think commanders and then TV for Bill Belichick. (laughs) Yeah. Bill Belichick teaming
1: up with Nick Saban for a podcast. Watch out. Kelsey brothers. I would love to see that. And also, Jenks, I need to ask your opinion on the commanders and their fit Mm. for Bill Belichick, because we know Jenks knows the commanders inside and out. So maybe we'll get to that later in the show. Top of the hour. Coming your way next, Chris Mack drops by to break down the Steelers and everything NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. That's coming your way next on The Daily Tip.